This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Little Pentecost Wednesday Church, January the 29th, 2023, part five of What We Believe. Our senior pastor, Farrell Hardison, bringing the message. Today, we'll start off with the praise team. Come on and praise the Lord, all ye people. Come on and shout loud His praises to proclaim. Let every tribe and nation with love and adoration praise His holy name. Come on and praise the Lord, all ye people. Come on and shout loud His praises to proclaim. Let every tribe and nation with love and adoration 
a good day, God's going to make it a good day. And, and you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, as this verse says, it's the expectations and the dreaming that you've got in your mind that you're going to make it a good day. God's going to help you. Because one of these days, you're going to look down that tunnel and you sure are going to hope you have a good day that day. Because you don't want the devil to come back and haunt you for, for none of that. So you better have a good day with God. Amen. Listen to this second verse.
Now, girls, I have not trained y'all how to take up dolphins, so let's do a little training session right now. If they don't give much, let me see that. If they don't give much, do like that, shake it. <laughs> or you can go, really, really? So just a little training for y'all. Man, y'all are the prettiest ushers we've ever had. Ain't it the truth? Man. I'm expecting more money since you're going, since y'all so pretty. Amen. Glenn, you behave yourself. There's my buddy Glenn here. I love you, Glenn. Appreciate you. Ushers, keep eye on him. All right. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful praise and worship music, the beautiful choir music, Lord. I believe everything we sung today was from our heart, not just our vocal cords, but from our heart. I sense your presence here today. And now, Lord, we're going to continue to worship by giving, by paying our tithes, giving our offering. And we ask that you take it and multiply it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Something happened and now I know he touched me.
my soul something happened and now I know he touched me taken us? Where is God calling our church? What is our future? You have to be intentional about the future. Pray about the future. God, your will be done not only in my present moment, but in my future. Amen? And so that's what we're talking about as a church body. If you're here today and, and you're visiting, we would love to have uh, some information from you, we have a card called a Connect card or a Let's Connect card. It's at the desk, information desk in the foyer. I got William back there waving one. He's waving one at me back there. So we'd like for you to um, fill that out before you leave and just leave it right there at the uh, table at the information desk. And uh, we will send a team of people to your house this afternoon. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. And you know why? Because I don't want anybody messing my Sunday afternoon up. Sunday afternoon is when I lay before the Lord. And I don't, I don't want anybody messing that up. We just want to know who you are. And you might not even be visiting to look for a church. You might just be in the area. Or you just might be visiting with us because you kind of felt you ought to be here today. And uh, we're glad you're here. But if you are looking for a church, we'd love to have you here in our church if that's God's will for you. But you look at that, you look at that connect card on the way out, give us the information you're comfortable giving, bank account number, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, and we'd appreciate it. Um, all you passwords. Um, I'm kidding, I'm just kidding. So give us that information, leave it right there at the uh, information desk and we will be thankful and grateful to you for that. Let's talk about vision just a little bit. So I am fired up about Royal Rangers. I mean, y'all didn't even hear what I said. Is it my, is this on? Is speakers are on? 
I'm fired up about Royal Rangers. Amen, amen. Now look, I, I'm not just fired up about Royal Rangers. You girls, you listen to me. I'm fired up about girls' ministry. The, amen, yes. So I'm gonna tell you what I got in my mind. I'm gonna tell you what's going on in my mind. It's really scary up there sometimes, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what's in my mind. Here's what I see, Brother Mac and our deacon board and, and all of you, and I want y'all to really be for this because I got a deacon's meeting tomorrow night and I'm gonna talk to them about it. So y'all let the deacons know right now how you feel about it, amen? <laughs> amen, yeah. And they're for it too. I'm just, I'm just uh, uh, teasing my deacon board a little bit. Um, Wednesday nights, I see Brother Mac teaching a class about twice the size it is right now. I see Royal Rangers going on in this building wherever God leads. I see our girls' ministry, and we're not sure what we're going to call that yet because there's not really an official name. And we might just call it girls' ministry, and that'd be all right with me, but we've already had some women step up and say, I want to be a part of that. I believe I already have my leader, my director for the girls' ministry, and I don't feel comfortable announcing that yet until I confirm that with her, but I feel very good about it, and if she says no, I want her to feel extremely guilty. <laughs> but uh, my Royal Ranger director is going to be uh, Brother Scotty Hayes. Scotty Hayes <laughs> is going to be our Royal Ranger senior commander. So all you other guys that are commanders, you are under the leadership of this man. Amen, amen, y'all good with that? And I'm excited about it. I'll tell you the truth, since I've been talking about Royal Rangers, I have found out that this is a burden you've carried in your heart a long time. And, and uh, different things for whatever, it just didn't, but it's gonna happen, brother. It's gonna happen. And I'm gonna tell you the picture I see. I see our Wednesday night congregation, which is about probably 50, I, by the end of the year, I believe we'll have 100 to 150, maybe even 200 people here on Wednesday night. And here's why. Amen. Because when you, when you meet the needs of little boys in our community and you meet the needs of little girls in our community, I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if the parents come to church here or they don't come to church here. This is a community ministry. These are community ministries. We want any boy who doesn't have something going on at his church and he wants to come out and be a part of Royal Rangers, he'll be welcome. And we're gonna have uh, a tiered awards program and we're gonna give awards away as the boys and girls accomplish different things and we're gonna do that on a Sunday morning about once a quarter, have all our rangers and, and girls come up here and we're gonna give them their awards. Mamas and daddies are gonna to come to see that, amen? Because I'm telling you now, first time Liam gets an award on a Sunday, y'all ain't gonna see me, I'm gonna be, be in Eden going, that's my boy right there, you know? And, uh, and so, so, uh, you're going to see that on Sunday morning. Those mamas and daddies and aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas don't know the Lord, but they're here to see little, little Junior get his uh, badge. They're going to hear the gospel. And they might not get saved the first Sunday, but the Bible says the gospel is like a hammer. You know, if you keep tapping, after a while, there's a little break. And after a while, what was hard becomes soft. 
and people receive the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, rose from the dead to give you life, and if you will embrace that as your only hope of heaven, you will be saved. That's what we want. I want to grow up good citizens and good men of God and good women of God in our community. Y'all think we might need that today? I want to do that. That's my vision to do that. But in, while, we're, while we're building boys and building girls, we're going to see some mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas and uncles and aunts get saved. And we're going to see this church grow. Y'all, y'all look around. I tell you, we're about half full today. I got a feeling that we're gonna have you gonna have to get here early to get a seat. I really do. I think we are in for. If you could see what God's gonna do between now and the end of this year, some of you might be afraid. <laughs> some of you might even say, "I don't know if I can handle that." Hey, you can't stop God's momentum. Amen. You can't stop God's momentum. And uh, and you say, well, what if a boy comes here and then he's, he goes to the Baptist church? Praise God. What if he goes to the Methodist? What if he, praise God, praise God. What we put in him here, I hope he'll take it everywhere he goes. What we put in her, the young girl here, I hope she'll take it everywhere she goes. But this Thursday night at seven o'clock, it's gonna be here in the sanctuary and I'm gonna ask Brother Joey, if he will, to put it also on Facebook Live. So, uh, and I hope you'll be here. I hope you'll come. It'll be a lot different to be here than to see it on, uh, on uh, your computer or whatever. But we're gonna have it live for you because I want you to hear. We're gonna have the, the commander for our area, our district commander is gonna be here. His name is Philip Pearson. He's gonna be here to talk about Royal Rangers and answer questions. But I want you girls, don't you think you're on a back burner? Miss Millie's already researching. Uh, we've got others who are researching. We're gonna do a ministry for you as well. And uh, I'm hoping if things go well, we will start both those ministries on the same Wednesday night, on the same Wednesday night. In other words, I don't wanna start Rangers and then a month later start the girls. I want to do it on the same night. That's gonna take some work and it's gonna take some prayer, but I want you to be working and I want you to be praying. So if you wanna know more or you wanna uh, maybe get on a list, uh, email list or whatever, just see Miss Millie and she'll get that for you and we'll send you out updates just like I'm doing with the guys. And uh, I, just, I just believe, I just believe so much in this and I know what God's gonna do. And I, I, I know, and you teenagers, I need you teenagers on Wednesday night because I need you teenage boys. Listen, those little boys, they will listen to you before they'll listen to me. They look at teenagers, they idolize teenagers, and if you're telling a little boy about Jesus, he's gonna listen to you more than he'd listen to me. So I need my teenage boys here to help us on Wednesday night. I need my teenage girls here to help us on Wednesday night. We'll keep you up with what's going on. And I've got a big vision for our teenagers as well. We'll be sharing more of that with you as we move along. But I believe revival and I believe church growth and the salvation of the lost. I've believed it since I first came this time. <laughs> I believed it the, when I was here the first time. The same thing, I believe it's gonna come through our young people. I believe it's gonna come through our young people. Hey, are you old people like me? Y'all all right with that? We're coming through the young people. Amen, amen, I am too. I am so happy with that. And I just uh, wanted to share that little um, burden with you, that little vision that God has given me for our church. 
And let me just say again, once again, to our, uh, our visitors or new attenders, if you haven't filled out one of these Connect cards, please do that when you leave today. All righty. So what are we talking about? I'm going to shed this coat. Are y'all okay with that? Somebody told me it's Carolina blue, so I'm not going to wear it. All right. So we have read many scriptures. We have talked about this now for about three Sundays. Got a couple more Sundays to go on it because I want to really nail it down. I want you to really get hold of it. I want you to absorb it. I want it to change the way we think. I want this sermon series to change the way we think. I want us to be a church. Listen to this. Get this. That is less inward and more outward. Now, you don't have to do away with inward to do outward. You can do both. I think we here have inward done very well. I really do, and I think it needs to be done very well. Where I think we can do things a little bit better is with the outward part. And I'm going to talk to you about that and, and we're going to train you and we're going to put tools in your hands so it's real easy uh, to do outward ministry. But in order to really build a strong foundation for outward ministry, you have to know what the Bible says. You have to know what was a priority in the Bible. That's all I care about. If it's a priority in the Bible, I'll be a priority in my life. Amen. If Jesus said it and Jesus talked about it, then I ought to read that over and over and over again and make that a priority in my life. Whatever was a priority to Jesus ought to be a priority, a priority to me and to this church. And the people said to that, amen. So here's what we've talked about. Let me just review very quickly. We, uh, we talked about the mission and what the Lord said about it. And we'll read some scriptures today in just a minute. But uh, we found out that if, number one, if we want to be like Jesus, then we're going to fulfill the mission he gave us. If I were to ask any one of you in a private conversation, do you want to be more like Jesus? I believe everybody in here would say yes. If I ask you right now as a congregation, do you all want to be more like Jesus? I believe everybody in here would say Yes, yes, we do want to be more like Jesus. Well, if we're serious about that and we mean it when we say that, then we're going to look at what Jesus said. We're going to look at what the Bible said. And he is very, very clear. The Lord is very clear about what is a priority with him. So if you want to be more like Jesus, then my life mission must include Jesus' life mission and that is true individually and as a group, as a body. Then we learned last Sunday that Jesus, another reason that we need to do this is because he expects us to follow his orders. He expects us to obey his command. He expects the church, the local church, to emphasize what he emphasized. And so we looked at that last week. And then we looked at the fact that sharing uh, the good news is also our responsibility. And, and we'll build on that one just a little bit more today about it being our responsibility. So what is the fourth reason? The fourth reason that we want to follow through on the mission of our church given to us by the Bible and by Jesus himself is that it is 
a privilege to do so. It's a privilege. Listen, listen. It's like prayer. Prayer is not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. Are y'all listening this morning? Prayer is not something you have to do. It is something you get to do. The Lord says, I'm going to let you speak directly to me. The Lord says to you all right here today, if you want to talk to me, talk to me. You don't have to call Mac. You don't have to call Farrell. You don't have to call anybody. If you want to talk to me, isn't that something? Isn't that something when you think about it? You can talk directly to me. I mean, in the middle of the night when your baby's got a fever, you can talk to Jesus right then. When you go to the mailbox and you get out a, a, a letter that's got bad news on it of a bill you didn't know you paid or, or uh, some other thing that just can mess up your day, uh, you, you know that you can just say, Jesus, I need your help. I don't know what this is. Lord, I know the devil's trying to discourage me. And you can talk to Jesus right then. If you're in the doctor's office and the doctor gives you bad news, you can say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, lift me up. Jesus, strengthen me. Jesus, give me faith. You can say it right then at that very moment and God will hear you. Prayer, listen, prayer is not something we have to do. It's something that's a privilege to do. It's an honor for us to do that. It's a blessing for us to do that. So is the mission of the church. Sharing the gospel, sharing the love of Jesus by words or by example, hopefully by both. When you do that, it's not a discipline. You might have to work it through because your flesh don't want to do these things and you might have to work on it a while. But just understand that me sharing with Eddie about Jesus was a privilege. Me sharing with you when I preach and talking about uh, maybe some of you aren't saved and you need to be saved. That's a privilege. It's a privilege to do what God has called me to do. We should not view sharing the gospel as something we have to do. I don't want you to hear this sermon series and go out going, well, I got to do something else. He's put another thing on my list I've got to do. It's an honor. It's an honor. You know, we talked about this before and, and I want to talk about it again. If you had the cure for cancer, you wouldn't, you, you'd run out of the church right now. You'd say, I got something I got to say and you'd tell us all what it is and then you'd say, I'm going door to door now and tell everybody what the cure is. We've got a better thing than the cure for cancer, amen? We've got the cure for your eternity. Your eternity. Now I said this the other Saturday when I talked to the leaders and I want to say it again this morning. We're in the eternity business here at this church, Amen. I mean, I, I, you know, you got different services in the community. You go to the grocery store to get groceries. You go to the lawyer to get legal stuff done. You go to the bank to get your money stuff done. But can I tell you something about all those organizations? Temporary. Every one of them are temporary. There's only one thing in the community that's about eternity, and it's the church of Jesus Christ. We're in the eternity business. We're in the eternity business. Listen, there's no 
no organization more important in this world today than the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing the most important work that can be done and that's why I'm preaching on it and that's why I want us to get better and better and better at it because there's nothing more important than what the church does when it does what Jesus said to do and the church said amen, amen. So that's why we're doing this series and that's why we're, we're digging down deep. I want you to go to a scripture we've already talked about, but it really is the anchor scripture for this series. It is, it is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, and you can look at it up on the screen as well, and you'll remember this verse. I believe we used it in the very first sermon of the series. And this is Paul talking, and Paul is talking to a local church called the church at Corinth. Corinthians, the book of Corinthians is nothing more or less than a letter. It is a letter. It is the second letter Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Now, I want you to listen to me. The Corinthian church was a Pentecostal church and the Corinthian church had a lot of problems. <laughs> it was both. It was both. But Paul is telling them here He's telling them what their job is, what their responsibility is in the church. And I want you to read it again because I want us to get it. Now, let's, let's read it together. Now, all things are of God. In other words, God gave us this. Who has reconciled us. We were lost. When, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, we, our relationship with God broke apart. So we had to be reconciled back to God. Y'all with me say amen. So all things are of God who has reconciled us. Really, the word back could be here because uh, when, when uh, man was created before sin, God and man were together. God and man, uh, man didn't need to be saved. The, when he was created, he didn't, he didn't need to be saved. But when sin entered the pe picture, then he needed to be rescued. He needed to be saved. And so, uh, you, know, you know the story there. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in Genesis chapter 3, and don't turn there, you'll tempt me to preach on it. But in Genesis chapter 3, Jesus is mentioned. Now, his name, Jesus, is not mentioned. But he says, I am going to raise up one who will be like a heel that will crush the head of the serpent. And when he said that, that was a prophetic word about his son, Jesus, Savior, coming to rescue us from the sin that we got ourselves into. So let's read that now. Now all things are of God who has reconciled himself to us or has reconciled us to himself. How? How? There's only one way. Through Jesus Christ, there's no other way. There's no other way. You say, well, now I heard Oprah the other day. I don't care what Oprah said. I haven't got anything against Oprah except Oprah said it. there are a lot of ways to God. No, there are not. You say, so you're one of those narrow-minded preachers when it comes to this. Yes, I am. The Bible says, broad is the way that leads to destruction and straight and Narrow is the way that leads to heaven. The reason is that the broad path is going to have a lot more people on it. The narrow path that leads to heaven, the straight path that leads to heaven, 
only a, only a, a fraction of people will accept that path. I want to tell y'all something. Can I just report something? I'm on it. I'm on that path. Now, I'm not on that path because I'm so great. I'm on that path because I realized how wretched I was. And I realized how much I needed a Savior. And I turned to Jesus and he saved me. And the only reason I'm going to heaven is not because I do all the do's and don't do all the don'ts. Because my wife's sitting here and she knows I do the don'ts sometimes and I don't do the do's sometimes. I'm going to heaven because Jesus saved my soul. I'm going to heaven because I said I'm a sinner and I need my soul redeemed and Jesus saved my soul and that's why I'm on that road that is leading to heaven through Jesus Christ. Jesus is that road. He is the only road. <coughs> he said I am the way, not a way, but I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. And, and I don't care how many people get it. I, I hear it almost every, every um, uh, day on my television listening to the news that all you got to do is be good and you'll go to heaven. That's not true. If you could just be good and go to heaven, then you're your own savior. You don't need a savior. Am I preaching here? Y'all getting this? You don't need a savior if you can get there on your goodness. My righteousness, my goodness is as filthy rags and look that up not now I'm preaching right now but look that up when you get home it's gross it's nasty but that's the best I can do on my own I'm saved because I trusted Jesus Christ that's why I'm saved that's why I'm going to heaven and I thank the Lord for that he said he said so God reconciled us to himself through Jesus and now since we're reconciled how many reconciled people we got here today? Amen. So now since we're saved, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now we are to lead people to Jesus. Now we are to do what Jesus did. We're to go around in our community and in our life and the different parts of our life and we're to let our light shine and we're to share words that would lead a person to Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 19. So he wants to make sure we're getting this. He says that is, in other words, let me say it again. Let me clarify. That is that God in Christ reconciling the world to himself not holding their trespasses against them. That's what that means. Not imputing their trespasses to them. In other words, when you embrace the gospel of Jesus dying on the cross for your sins and rising from the dead to give you life and you embrace that and believe and receive Christ into your life as your personal savior, the Bible says right there that God will no longer hold your sins against you. He'll no longer hold them against you. Now your wife will remember stuff about you. And she might even say, interesting you said that. Do you remember the time? <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke, honey. I'm sorry. They ain't getting it. I don't think they're getting it. How many of you guys know your wife can, uh, she got a good memory? Amen. And how many of you ladies know your husband ain't got a bad memory either? He holds stuff too. Here's what I'm telling you. The Lord's never going to pull out your old sins that are under the blood and use them against you again. Never again. Never again. The Bible says he will throw your sins as far as the east is from the west. Are y'all with me? 
He will put them into the sea of forgetfulness. There used to be an old Southern Gospel song, and there was a line in it that said, What sins are you talking about? That's what, the, if you brought your old sins that have been forgiven and under the blood, if you brought them up to the Lord, how many of you know the devil in the middle of the night will bring up your past failures? Bring up your past sins and just put them all up in your face and, and try to uh, um, just put you down and, and condemn you with sins that you've already been forgiven for. I'm telling you, that is not the Lord. That is not the Lord. When you sin now, when you sin, what happens? Conviction. But conviction of the Holy Spirit, this is so important. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is the Lord saying, all right, you stumbled, come here, come here, come here. You fell down, come here. You did wrong, come here, come here. That's conviction. Here's what, here's what condemnation is, and it's from the devil. Go away. Go away. You keep falling. You keep failing. You keep messing up. God's sick of you. God's tired of you. God don't want to talk to you anymore. Go away. That's condemnation. Condemnation is from the devil, and it tells you to go away. Conviction and I don't like conviction either. It's very uncomfortable, but it's good for us. Conviction is when you fall, when you fail, when you sin. And the Lord says, come here. Come here. You fail. You stumbled. Come here. Let me put my arms around you. You put your arms around me and, and let's get that cleaned up out of your life. That's what conviction is. So if you're here today and you've got some unconfessed, unrepented sin in your life and you're feeling just a little bit miserable right now, all that is, my Christian friend, is the Lord going, come here, come here, you've stumbled, you've messed up, come here, let me help you. And he helps us. Do y'all get that? Y'all hear that? I'm telling you, it's important for you to know that because if you don't know that, you will think condemnation is the conviction of the Holy Spirit and condemnation is not the conviction of the Holy Spirit. John 3.16, y'all know that verse? John 3.17, it says, he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. It says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. You know verse 16, but verse 17 says you need to know this. He didn't come to condemn you. Jesus is not in the condemnation business, but he is in the conviction business. How many of you feel a little conviction every once in a while? So do I, so do I, so do I. So let's go back to this verse. We're gonna get it. I hadn't read the whole thing yet, but we're gonna get it in there. Look at verse 19. That is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or holding against us our trespasses to them and has now, here it comes, here comes the mission, your mission, my mission, the church mission, now has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Here's all the Lord's saying. He's saying, you sinned in the Garden of Eden. God sent his son to reconcile you back to him. If you receive God's son, you are reconciled back to me and now you are to go tell the good news. You are to go tell the message of reconciliation. If y'all got that, say amen. Because if you don't, I'm gonna keep preaching it over and over and over. So as a Christian, we're an ambassador now. We're an ambassador. Now on Sunday morning, we don't mind being an ambassador because we're gonna go meet with a bunch of other ambassadors. But during the week, you're, you're an ambassador and you might run into an ambassador once in a while. But in the world you go out into on Monday morning, you're gonna run into a lot of people that don't know the Lord, but you are an ambassador. You are a representative. 
You represent the kingdom. You represent God in this world. I don't know what your occupation is. I don't know what job you do. I know some of you. I don't know what, who writes your check. I don't know most of you. I don't know who that is. Um, I know some of you have a role. You don't only have a job, you have a role. You're a daddy, you're a mama, you're a brother, you're a sister, you're an a uncle, a, a aunt, a nephew. You, you have roles in life and then you have your occupation. But I'm gonna tell you right now and I want you to get this. This is the most important thing you do. If you're a child of God, the most important thing you do is represent the Lord in this world. That's your main job. That's your main job. Your main job is not the guy who writes you the check. Brother Mac brought me my check this morning. I hugged his neck. I appreciated it. If I didn't hug him uh, literally, I hugged him figuratively. Every time he gives it to him, I'm like, thank you, Brother Mac. And I know he knows it comes from you all. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so thankful. And then I go home and I have to be a good husband. I'm telling you, I am an awesome husband. I am. Sometimes I shock myself at my awesomeness. And another thing is I'm very humble. I don't know if y'all have noticed that, but I'm, I'm a very humble person. <clears throat> I got a plaque one time for being humble and they took it away from me because I hung it up on the wall. But... <laughs> but I have a role as a husband. I have a role as a father. I have a role as a friend, a brother. I have a role as a uncle. I got a nephew here this morning. I've got a role. I've got different roles. In my, but the most important thing, I, even my job as pastor isn't as important as me and my 24-hour, seven-day-a-week life being a representative, an ambassador of the Lord. You all are that. Every one of you who are saved, you're an ambassador for the Lord. You're a representative for the Lord. We represent the King of Kings. We represent the Lord of Lords, and his name is Jesus Christ. And here's the point of this sermon right here. It is my privilege. It's my privilege. It's not something I have to do. It's something I get to do. It's an honor and a privilege for God to say to me, Pharaoh, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. Now go into the world and represent me to a lost world. That's my job. That's our church's job. I want to give you one more scripture and then I'm going to give you one more thought and we're done for the day. Look at Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. For I am what? Not ashamed. Not ashamed. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to save the lost. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The Jew, how many of y'all glad the Gentiles got mentioned in there? I got a feeling it's primarily Gentiles in here today. 100% probably Gentile in here today. And it's my job. I cannot be ashamed of the gospel. What does the Bible say if I'm ashamed? Of the Lord down here, then he's gonna be ashamed of me before the Father. The next thing I want you to know, and this is, this is the last thing, is that I am, to, I am to do the mission of the church because I'm grateful for what the Lord's done for me. If Mac and Lori were lost, 
and I was their neighbor, it would be my privilege to share with them what Jesus has done for me. But I would do it because I'm so thankful for what the Lord's done for me. See, listen to me. That's one of the best ways to witness is when you just tell that lost person, hey man, I, I, I'm an imperfect guy. I can't tell you to do this and do that. But I tell you what happened when I found Jesus. I tell you what my life was like before I found Jesus. I tell you what my life was like on the day I found Jesus. And I'll tell you what my life has been like since I found Jesus. That's your story. That's your testimony. He says it right here. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. Now look at Ephesians 2 and 12. Look at Ephesians 2 and 12. There was a time, is what Paul's saying here. You can read the other verses at another time, but I want you to focus on verse 12. There was a time when you were without Christ. See, I need to remember that. I need to remember. It, it makes me grateful for today if I remember when I wasn't saved. I'll be honest with y'all. I've been saved just about all my life. I got saved when I was seven years old. Listen to this. Troy Nunnery who was a pastor of this church, I got saved under his preaching and four pastors later, I was the pastor of this church. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So I got saved, amen. And you can see their picture out in the hallway and I do have to say, I am the best looking one on there. I say that in all humility, David, all humility. <laughs> but I got saved under Troy Nutter. Listen, Troy Nunnery, now my mom and daddy had already done it, but Troy Nunnery shared with me the message of reconciliation. And I understood it. I understood it as a seven-year-old. Now look, I'm not saying all seven-year-olds can understand it, but buddy, let me tell you, when Farrell Hardison was born, there might have been a Sunday or two I didn't go, but buddy, I was in church, and she was already telling me at three months old, I will whoop you if you don't behave in church. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But I will tell you that I got saved because of his ministry of reconciliation. Listen to what I'm about to say. But whether I would have been called to preach or not, like I'm preaching today, when I got saved under the ministry of reconciliation from Troy Nunnery, then it was my message. Then it was my message. Whether I ever got called to preach or not, I had a responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons I would do it is because it's a privilege. The other reason I would do it is because I'm so grateful for my salvation. I'm so grateful. I'm glad and that I know when I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. And I'm so glad to think of other people not going there makes cold chills and tears run down my face. You know, Jesus stood on a hillside and looked at Jerusalem. They hated him. They, not all of them, but a vast majority of them rejected him. And Jesus said, the Bible says, shortest verse in the Bible, what does it say? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Because he said, I see them as sheep having no shepherd. I'm telling y'all, that's most of the world today. And we ought to have wet eyes because the world is lost. The world is lost. Our eyes ought to be wet 
And we ought to have a broken heart for those who don't know the Lord. I want you to look, and I need to move on here, but I want, Paul says, remember your past. He says, there was a time when you were without Christ, and I want you to, I want you to say these words. When I, when I read a word in Paul's, I want you to say the next word. At, a, at that time you were without Christ being aliens. Some of y'all look like aliens. I'm not kidding you. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers. This is for you got saved now. From the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in this world. Look what Paul said. He said the reason you ought to be thankful is because this is what you were. You were alienated from God. You were estranged from God. You had no hope apart from God. You were without God. He said, remember that and it'll make you thankful, grateful that you've been saved, you've been redeemed, that you have a relationship with God. Look at Romans 1.14. What does Paul say? Paul says, I am a debtor. Paul says, the Lord saved me. He's done something for me, so what he did for me, I need to, I need to pass this message on. I'm a debtor. I have a sense of obligation both to the Gentiles, thank you, Jesus, that's me, the Greeks, and to barbarians, that means people of other cultures. And then he says, both to the wise, those who had the sense, and the unwise, those who didn't have the good sense. Paul said, I'm a debtor to them. Paul was saying there I have a responsibility to the people in my culture and the people in other cultures. Listen, that's why we have missions here. That's why we invite missionaries here. That's why we give a chunk of change to the missionaries. And, and I pray, part of my vision for this church is, is that our giving to the missions and missionaries of the world will increase and increase and increase with each passing year because the Lord calls us out to do it right here. So why does Paul, and why am I responsible? Because I know what the Lord's done for me. That's why I'm responsible. That's why I'm grateful. I know what God has done. I, I, I know somebody gave me the good news. Troy Nunnery, my mama, my daddy, they, they gave me the good news. So it's my obligation to pass it on. Let me give you one more scripture and I'm done. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ, what? Restrains or compels what makes me share the gospel? What makes me preach like I've been preaching over the last few Sundays? What makes me know that I've got to do this because I'm gonna stand before the Lord one day? What makes me so burdened about this? What makes me so excited about rangers and so excited about girls and so excited about teenagers and so excited about our church in general? because we're getting this calling from the Lord. I see you all, I see you lighting up. I see bulbs coming on and people realizing, Pastor, you know, I'm doing my Christian life pretty good, but I gotta tell you, in this area, I could do some improving, amen. And why do I get excited? Because I see little boys getting saved and I see little girls getting saved and I see their mom and daddy getting saved and aunts and uncles and grandpas and grandmas and I see it happening. That's what compels me. Look what that verse says. Look at it. For the love of Christ restrains us or compels.
tells us. What is it that makes Pharaoh do what he does? Because of the love of Jesus for me and my love for Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. If anything else motivates you, you got poor motivation. If you do it because you love the Lord and because the Lord loves you, that's motivation you can live on all your life. Amen? Look what it says in the rest of that verse. Because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. So the Bible's saying here, Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that Jesus, one, died for all. And we've got to tell that message today. Brother, I don't usually do this. And you might not know this song, but I got a feeling you do. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. You know that. I thought you might know. Y'all come on up here. Everybody stand up and walk up here. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to sing it. Jesus, use me. And oh, Lord, don't. Y'all come on. It'll help you not hear me sing. And oh, Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, Lord, teach my heart to crumble. Surely there's a work that I can do. Do y'all know that song? Do know that? I don't really know it. I thought, I didn't know there was a song he didn't know. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. Pick one out for us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, God, for the worship today. Thank you, God, for the music today. Thank you, God, for this incredible, amazing service today. I believe sick people were touched when we prayed for the sick earlier. I believe it, God. I believe we're going to hear a good report from Brother Bill. I believe we're going to hear a good report from Larry. I believe we're going to hear a good report from those who are having surgeries. Lord, we just give it all to you, Lord. We put it at your feet. Your will be done. I want you to bow your head. And I want you to listen. You know, some sermons that I preach are to, are to comfort you, to soothe you, to, to encourage you. The sermon I've been preaching over the last few Sundays is to challenge you. I'm challenging you. Will you leave here today? Will you leave here today? And will you re realize and practice, I am a representative of the Lord. I am a ambassador of the Lord. I will go out today and maybe you'll go out and eat and I will treat my server like Christ would treat my servant. I will be patient like Jesus taught me to be patient. I'm a representative in this world. My word of testimony will not be powerful unless they see my testimony in the way I live my life, the way I speak my words. What makes my testimony powerful is the way I live my life. See, you gotta walk what you talk. So I want you to just reach over, if you don't mind, and uh, take somebody's hand or reach over and put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to pray for your neighbor and say, Lord, help us. Help me and my neighbor here today to be a good ambassador. Help me and my neighbor to be a good representative of you in this world this week, even today, even today, even tonight, even tomorrow at work. 
Lord, help me to see opportunities to share your love and, and share who you are. Lord, help me to have the gift of discernment so I might be able to see when people are hurting and when people need a word, a word of encouragement, a word of help, a word of, of faith, Lord, in this world. Help me to discern that. Help me see that. Help me know what to say and know what to do. Give me guidance and direction and courage. Give me boldness. Anybody need boldness? I do. I need boldness. Lord, make me bold. Make me bold, God. My tendency is to, is to be timid and shy when it comes to witnessing. But Lord, I want you to make me bold that I'll speak about you. That I'll speak about you and what you mean to my life. And Lord, that if the door opens for me to share the gospel and lead somebody to be, to, uh, be a Christian, that I will be equipped and know what to say and how to lead them. And Lord, I will settle for planting seeds. Lord, if I'm not the one that reaps the harvest of a lost soul, I, I want you to teach me how to plant seeds that somebody else down the road might reap the harvest. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now I want everybody to look at me. Listen to me. Watch this now. Sometimes you're a seed planter. Sometimes you're a seed planter and sometimes you're a harvester. Now when somebody gets saved here at our church or somebody you've been witnessing to gets saved, a lot of times it's because other people before they got to you were planting seeds about the Lord and you got to be there at harvest time. I like that. that that's my favorite harvest time. Amen. But I tell you what, we're going to have to really be happy about and celebrate as well as the chance to plant a seed. Plant a seed. You know what? It's all right with me. If we planted seeds today and they get saved at the church over there tomorrow, next Sunday. If we plant seed today and they get saved at the church over there next Sunday, that's fine. I just want to build the kingdom. I, I tell you what I believe. I believe if you make it about the kingdom, if you don't make it just about Pine level Pentecost Holy Church, but you make it about the kingdom. I believe God will put his hand on your local church and bless your local church. But if you make it all about your church and you don't make it about the kingdom, I believe God will remove his hand. Amen. Have you ever heard a church say, Well, if you don't join here, we're the only people preaching the truth. We're the only ones telling the truth. If you don't join here, you probably won't make it to heaven. Come here long enough, you'll find it, and you'll be born again into the family of God. But there are other preachers and other churches don't have the same label we do that are preaching the same gospel, the same truth. Amen. I tell you why I like our church. Because we get to say hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I love going to a church I feel the power of God and I can express when I feel his presence and his power and I felt his presence and power today. Now, let's go out there and live like it. Amen? Let's go out there and talk like it. Let's go out there and be a light to our community. I love y'all. If you'd like to talk with me or you'd like to have special prayer, I'll hang around up here. I'll pray for you. I'll talk with you. God bless you. Thank y'all for coming today. Hey, don't forget to fill out. This is the Pine Level Pentecost Wednesday Church Incorporated. Copyright 20 23.